0: How you doing, everybody? The Chet Calvin Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to Sports a podcast where a Chicago Sports Broadcasting Pioneer and a National Legal Expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your hosts, Chet Calvin and Lester Munson.
0: Sports time. How you doing, everybody? I'm Chad Kopic along with ESPN legal expert Lester Munson to explore what's going on in the smoke-filled rooms amongst the games people play. Brought to you, of course, by the marvelous people at American Taxi. Uh, Lester, he is a local product. uh, One heck of a basketball player. Began his career with the Boston Celtics. Tell us why uh, Antoine Walker is going to have to get used to uh, prison hours. Antoine Walker
1: has a serious problem in Las Vegas. He bounced ten checks... At three different casinos, the total amount of money is a million dollars. They charged him with felonies for bouncing checks. You can get away with a lot in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. but you cannot get away with writing bad checks to casinos. So that's a felony in Nevada. He made a deal with him that he would pay in installments. He was supposed to pay him $7,800 every month. Now, however, he's in bankruptcy, and because of the rules of bankruptcy court, he can make no further payments. So in about seven days, they're going to have him back in court in Las Vegas. He is behind in his payments, and what happens then is the deal is off, he has to face the music, and it's a charge that carries with it one to four years in the state penitentiary. So he, even if somebody were to come along and give him some money, he couldn't pay the casinos. If he did, the casinos would have to give the money back to the bankruptcy court. So he's in a, an
0: incredible catch-22. So when I hear talk right now, making the rounds, that uh, Antoine Walker is walking out with uh, his former coach, uh, Rick Patino from his days at Kentucky, do you say to yourself, Antoine, why are you wasting your time? He probably is wasting
1: his time, but he's in absolute desperation mode. He owes money all over the place. He's got $12 million in debts. He has nothing coming in, absolutely nothing. He has some retirement money set to one side. He's got a house in Florida that he can protect against his creditors, but otherwise, he has absolutely no way to pay for anything. He's, he's down to one car instead of 11, and he's not making the payments on the one car.
0: Uh, based on what you hear about uh, former Chicago Bull Eddie Curry, another uh, local product, the guy who was going to be uh, Jerry Krause's uh, franchise uh, savior, uh, do you have uh, Curry in bankruptcy court by, oh shall we say, the end of the calendar year?
1: It's got to be very soon. He's being sued by various people. Uh, from whom he borrowed money, he borrowed five hundred seventy thousand dollars from a, le- a lending company in Nevada. The interest rate oh, was eighty-five percent.
0: you get it. Hold on. Percent. Hold on. I I can take you over to Archer Avenue and get you a better <laughs> deal with a loan shark than that. Yeah. For, for heaven's yeah. sakes,
1: well, Eddie Curry <laughs> is not one of those guys you call street smart. He's street dumb. The juice is
0: eighty-five percent.
1: Eighty-five percent, and it's legal. <laughs> And he owes them more than a half a million dollars. They've sued him. Excuse me while I pass out. <laughs> he's got a rental house in White Plains where he's living. He's got one more 17, year on $17,000 a month. Exactly, yeah. And and he's got one more year on his deal with the Knicks, and then he's probably going to be in the Antoine Walker state.
0: Now, you know what we're going to hear eventually, Lester, is uh, we're going to hear some mealy mouth broadcaster or somebody is going to write that, And that uh, Eddie Curry is not responsible for all of this because no one educated Eddie Curry about how to handle his money.
1: What a shame. Yeah, he's the victim. He's the victim. He has five different paternity cases. Is he the victim in those? I don't think so. He borrows all this money at 85%. Five
0: different paternity cases? Five
1: different paternity cases. Not hey, to wait, mention on. the two kids. This with guy
0: them. this guy may break Sean Kemp's all-time record.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's a young guy. He's got years ahead of his, him.
0: His best years are still ahead of him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, he, he will join uh, Antoine Walker, his contemporary... Uh, Another Chicago kid in the bankruptcy court.
0: My friend, uh, Lester Munson is one big-time Chicago Cub baseball fan. That being said, um, while you have season tickets, there are games you want to lay off. Um, tell us about your experience on StubHub, because I think there's a bigger issue than just the fact that you dropped a couple of bucks.
1: The, uh, there is a bigger issue, and... Despite the fact that all of us Cub fans thought we were going to have a big year here, I was expecting big things from Zambrano, from Giovanni Soto, from uh, Soriano. Uh, We have a few things from those guys. Not enough, obviously. And now, because of the disappointments that all of us are suffering as Cub fans, tickets are going unsold. So that instead of packing the place and having another 3 million people, the Cubs could easily, at the end of the year, be down in the low $2 million range, which would be a severe and profound loss for the new owner of the Ricketts family.
0: Hi, right, Lester. Right now, the Cubs are uh, down about uh, 1,500 fans a game. Now, you get into August and September, September in particular, when kids are back in school. uh I can't imagine that people are rushing to the box office right now to buy uh, to buy boards for games in September. Let's be hypothetical and say that uh, overall attendance for the Cubs this year will drop 125 thousand. I'm going to project that that runs to around fifteen, twenty, maybe twenty five million dollars in revenue. If you count the price of the
1: tickets and all the concessions and all the money that is spent by somebody going to the ballpark, I think it does, and that would be the kind of loss that would disrupt whatever plan the Ricketts had for this year. That would mean they would have to reconsider everything and try to figure out where are we going to take this loss.
0: And by the way, uh, Cubs, uh, if you're not aware of it, uh, Alfonso Soriano's contract is still going to be in play.
1: Uh, He's not the only one still going to be in play. The uh, Zambrano's contract is still going to be in play. Um, It is interesting that these high-priced players... Uh, is having a decent year. Zambrano, I'm not sure what's going on with him. But then along come some very promising right. new players at rock-bottom prices. Starlin Castro, Tyler Colvin, uh, this new pitcher just Andrew walked Cashner. in, Andrew Kashner. Um, these guys apparently can play, but yet h- how do you move them in when you have all this money invested in these older players and you can't get rid of them?
0: Lester, I talked to a scout who said that Andrew Kashner is as good as the Strasburg kid who's going to debut for the Washington Nats in front of a full house, that he is that good.
1: That is pretty scary. And and now they have him in long relief or middle relief. Maybe he'll end up in the rotation. I don't know. But what do you do? with? Maybe they can trade Gorzolani. Maybe they can do some things. But when, when you're having a bad year like this, the economic consequences are going to be that the Ricketts family is going to have some very painful decisions to make. Are they going to postpone rehabilitation of the ballpark? Are they going to postpone acquiring any kind of expensive player? What are they going to do?
0: You know, you bring up a valid point because if there is a significant revenue loss, uh, do you cut back, for example, in the area of scouting? Uh, Renovations that you have planned for Wrigley Field, will they be placed on hold? I mean, the trickle-down effect from this could be staggering, but the first thing that comes to my mind is the obvious. If you are looking for Tom Ricketts and Jim Hendry to go out and – Put down $125 million for a high-priced free agent. Well, dream on because it ain't going to happen.
1: No, it's not going to happen. Let's say that somehow they rally. They get up to 500. They, they get close to Cincinnati and St. Louis in the division. It's the middle of July. One more player might help. It's not going to happen now because I, I think the Rickets have had a very painful introduction into the reality of Cubs baseball. As they came into this, they had to be all bright-eyed and expecting great things to happen, very optimistic, and now they see these guys doing what they're doing. It's got to be a real disappointment.
0: Now, there is, uh, there is one angle we have not touched upon that I wonder uh, uh, I wonder this might play into the, uh, the difficulty that uh, Team Ricketts is absorbing right now. Going back to the uh, beginning of this baseball season, the Blackhawks were in a rush to try to become the top seed in the West going into the Stanley Cup playoffs. They settled for number two but the playoffs are now over seven weeks old. Lester, the Blackhawks, who'd have thunk it? Not only are dominating this town, I mean, 90% of your sports talkability in Chicago is about the Blackhawks. Has that has that affected your your, your casual ticket buyer who maybe says, You know what? I'm not going to go to the Cub game. I want that dough for the bar because I'm going to watch the Blackhawks.
1: I don't have any doubt about it, and and that, that'll that change after the Stanley Cup Finals are over. But this has been, as you point out, Chet, seven weeks uh, that has had impact on Cub ticket sales. At the same time, they're losing. So are they going to – the same guy who said, I'm not going to go in May, is he now going to say in July, it's time for me to go back to the no, Cubs? If no. they're six below 500 and in fourth place in the division? No, he isn't.
0: In fact, Lester, I'm of the opinion right now that if the Cubs uh, were to continue to play badly – and if they have uh, consecutive bad weekends in the uh, in the crosstown with the Cubs, and by the way, can someone explain this to me, Lester? Please, can someone explain to me why Jerry Reinsdorf and the Ricketts family have not divorced themselves from BP and this idiotic BP Cup they're going to be, you know, playing for in the crosstown series? I mean, here for all practical purposes, these two clubs are endorsing the worst ecological nightmare in American history.
1: It, there must be some amazing contract that is the basis of this. Uh, certainly the Ricketts family would like to get out from under it. Reinsdorf knows what contracts mean and how to get out from under them if he can, and yet they're stuck with it. I, I'll, I'll never understand it. it it's a, uh, it's embarrassing, I think, just for everybody who's involved.
0: You know, uh, wouldn't that you think at some point that the commissioner's office would have to intercede with something like this?
1: Boy, I don't know. You Although, know, you, given,
0: you, given the tie between Bud and Jerry, yeah. is Bud really going to tell Jerry, you know, give her the BP?
1: And here we have Bud who made all of his money as a car dealer confronting an oil company? I don't know. He was the greatest car salesman in Wisconsin for 20 years. Uh, and he. Uh, this th- There's all sorts of dynamics here, and when, when, you, when it comes to a big oil company, you really find out things about people that you never would have known otherwise.
0: Yeah. Uh, look at
1: Obama. He, he's unable to confront BP. Here's a guy we thought was going to be a different kind of president, and he's just like any other president with an oil company.
0: You know, let me get back on hockey for a moment. Uh, You and I happen to live in uh, uh, neighborhoods in Chicago where, son of a gun, you can't get versus on television. So as big as the Blackhawks are, you know what the Blackhawks' real problem is right now, Lester? They only have one real problem, as near as I can tell. They They are the Hope Diamond in a league that still from time to time can be painfully minor league.
1: There's no doubt about it. And w- when you look at what's happening with the Phoenix Coyotes, you look at some of the goofy things that went on with Pittsburgh until a couple of years ago, um, The everybody in the National Hockey League should be looking at the Blackhawks, should be talking to John McDonough, should find out how did you do what you did, and then just copy everything that he did. And and the league would be that much better off. Are they going to do that? I don't think so.
0: You know, if, if the National Hockey League has any common sense, why not contract? Remember when Bud Selig talked about contra- contraction back in 2002, 2003? The Minnesota Twins were one of the ball clubs right. that was going to, uh, you know, uh, uh, go DOA. Lester, I-, I can't name anybody on the Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't even know where the Carolina <laughs> Hurricanes play. I As far as I'm concerned, the Atlanta Thrashers aren't even on the radar. Can you imagine how much better this league would be with 20 teams?
1: There's no question that the National Hockey League overexpanded. And not only are they not going to contract, Gary Bettman the brilliant commissioner, is on record as telling his owners, this is about a year and a half ago, that he's going to bring in two more teams, oh, and he's going oh to get my. them $540 million that the current owners can then split up. And the only way they look at this is to say, let me see, if we bring in a new team and they pay $300 million, how much will I get? So that they're not only not... Considering contraction, you're right, they should contract. They are actually thinking of other teams, and before we know it, they could end up opening in Las Vegas or some other place equally stupid.
0: How would you evaluate Bettman as a commissioner in comparison to uh, David Stern? Well, to me, it's, it's, no a good, it's a
1: good comparison because he's one of David Stern's protégés. It's, uh, it's a good comparison to evaluate. He has done a couple of good things. Uh, the, he did pull off that lockout. He got a hard cap installed. Look what it cost him, however. And keep in mind, hmm. he was also the guy who picked Bruce McNall to be the president of the board of the National Hockey League. Bruce, where are you? Are you still in minimum security? Call us. Call us. The, uh, and he has done some incredibly stupid things. Somehow, though, he keeps these owners supporting him. They stayed with him during the lockout, which is an unbelievable thing. Total unanimity. Uh, he got through the bankruptcies in Ottawa, in Pittsburgh. Um, he he managed to come out of Phoenix okay. He now owns that team. The National Hockey League owns mm-hmm. that team. It, it's been pure turmoil under him, but somehow he is still there. It's kind of amazing.
0: Here's Lester Munson. I'm Chet Kopick. This has been Sports Court, brought to you by the marvelous people at American Taxi Chicago's. Premiers suburban taxi service and hey, for you people in the suburbs there's only one way to go and that is with american taxi we'll catch you next time around right here where the issues are uncovered the issues are laid bare this is sports court so long everybody